Welcome to Real Herbalism Radio. Real herbs, real life, real easy. Now, a word from our sponsor. This show is brought to you by Practical Herbalist Press, herbal books for today's practical herbalist. Find their books on Amazon.com today. Hi, everyone. It's Patrick, and we are in week three of our hiatus. We're working on the finishing touches of the Herbal Club with a full launch planned for January. We've looked back at all of our episodes, and we found a really popular one, and that is lavender. It's one of our favorite first aid aid herbs. So from all of us at the Practical Herbalists, Candice, Sue, and myself, happy holidays. And now, on with the show. Today's show is about lavender, a perfume with a medicinal punch. After researching one of our favorite first aid herbs, we discovered lavender's wide reach is backed up by a wealth of scientific study. Today, we'll touch on those studies and talk about how you can incorporate lavender into your life. Now, here's your host... Candace Hunter and Sue Sierra Lupe. I'm Candace Hunter and I'm Sue Sierra Lupe and, and welcome, welcome to, to Real Herbalism Radio. Sue, we have been working on lavender perfume with a medicinal punch for about a, a month now. It yeah, seemed maybe like it was going to be Yeah, it seemed like it was going to be a really easy one cuz I use lavender for so many things at home. Mm-hmm. And I was surprised to find out how much study's been done on it. Yes, yeah. You are, you are totally the sciencey person here, <laughs> and you have way more studies figured out or found, mm-hmm. discovered, than even I did. Well, just looking at uh, PubMed, which is a very, I advise all of our lay herbalists and clinical herbalists to take a look at PubMed.gov. It's the U.S. National Library of Medicine uh, with the National Institute of Health. And it has um, all of the abstracts available, and then you pay a nominal fee, and then you can look at the entire study. Some studies are free, but they, if you if you do a search term on lavender, you just get page after page after page of research that has been published. And mo- much of this has been published recently, after 2001, from the just the cursory um, look I'm giving it. And these are very intricate studies that they are taking a look at. And each of them start out kind of with the same thing of of saying that although uh, lavender has traditionally been used for this and this and this, uh, we just looked at this particular aspect. And so, you know, even the scientists are acknowledging it's got centuries, centuries of traditional use. Oh, yeah. It's been used since ancient Egypt. I mean, they Mm -hmm. had... I can't remember which of the tombs, but one of the tombs that they opened had a little, you know, jar, one of the little jars of lavender, and they could still smell the buds. I mean, it still smelled like lavender, mm-hmm. which, you know, after, what, 4,000 years, that's pretty darn amazing, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I imagine in a <clears throat> in an Egyptian tomb there would be many odors. I mean, mm-hmm. you know... Old dead people laying there. You know, I can't. They haven't dusted. No, No, it's it's, (laughs) surprisingly. Yeah, but to be able to have those smells, I know the essential oils. They found some essential oils and opened those up, and they were still viable. Right. I mean, what what is the shelf life on these essential oils? It all depends. I mean, each of the essential oils is different, and Mm -hmm. some of them will break down sooner than others, keeping them out of the sun. And some oils will break down faster if they're at room temperature. Mm -hmm. When you start looking at people who are big aromatherapists, like of the science-y, world-renowned, like Robert Tisserand, Mm -hmm. he keeps his in the refrigerator because that way they don't break down. 
And then moisture. Maybe does he have some kind of jar for it? Because you always get some kind of extra moisture in there. I don't know. It's all vacuum sealed. He's actually got a tomb under his house. (laughs) Good. It's got instead of a wine cellar, it's It's, essential. No, I really don't know. But I do know the people who are really (laughs) serious about the sciency end of it Uh and track. You know, they they test their essential oils regularly. Mm -hmm. They'll various different ones last different amounts of time. As a practical herbalist, I find that my essential oils never seem to lose their potency. Mm -hmm. I do know that I've heard from many people that patchouli is one that gets better with age. Really? Oh, there's a term. Okay. Right, yeah. I know. Hard to believe. Here's a, here's a, how does that possibly, this is a, for you listeners out there, this is a room full of people. I don't, do you like the smell of patchouli, Candice? As long as you keep it in really small amounts. Okay. I mean, I have a patchouli jar that I bought that was like an eighth of an ounce, so it's one of those super tiny jars. Yeah. And I've had it for more than 10 years because uh-huh. I, I got it before the child was born. Right. And it's still got it. Yeah. What, what about you, Patrick? Are you a patchouli fan? Oh, look, at yeah. he's looking at me through his eyebrows. I guess, I guess with, in moderation. <laughs> moderation. I mean, every time I walk into a store, the locally. No, you call it patchouli stink. Don't tell <laughs> me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that wasn't well, and that's, I have to be honest, that's pulled from the movie. Yes, the, I know. But get your patchouli stink out of here. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, just, it smells like a moldy closet It to permeates. <laughs> And it's just, yeah. when I grew up, I, there was, and it was in northern Minnesota, when people had used patchouli, it, there was a certain element to those people. And uh-huh. the, the locals mm-hmm. or the, the, the norms. It was popular with hippies. Yes, yeah. that's exactly. So yeah, it was yeah. always, you know, labeled, oh, those there are the hippie are. people. Yeah. So when I walked into the house with that smell, I'm like, Dad, these are hippies. Yeah, yeah. We go to the go to the Oregon Country Fair, which is a hippie celebration in uh, our, our county, and you, you know, you have people saying, well, the patchouli will, will mask your body odor because you can't shower out here. I'm like, no, I assure you, it does not mask it. It does not no, mask it. Nope. It doesn't. It doesn't. Nope. It Same with axe. It's in a particular scent does not mask it. Well, but anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But on the other hand, but lavender, lavender has been associated with kings all the way down to us Poe people. It's mm-hmm. been used for centuries for cleaning linens, ensuring the house is fresh. Mm-hmm. I mean, was it King Charles the fourth he had a number six. i can't yeah. remember which side the eye was on mm-hmm. but he used to sleep with a lavender pillow everywhere he went so that was one of those things and queen elizabeth the first insisted on having lavender in her vases at every single meal nice. no matter what country she was in and no matter what time of year it was how culturally sensitive of her yeah. <laughs> yes. but when you're empress of the seas <laughs> whatever it's all about you it's all about you so, yeah, so, and yes, it's a good thing news. she did because all the viruses, I imagine yes. that's actually Those helpful. Those were really for, healthy. She lived a good long time. Right. And, and I mean, you know that lavender is really good for viruses and yes. all of that. Yeah, we do. But I'm, some of the things you found, like anti-anxiety and anti-dementia. Mm-hmm. Dementia, right? You know. It's treatable with lavender essential oil. Yeah, there was a, a study in China, and this came out uh, May 2007, and I'm just looking at the abstract here. So um, let's see. Uh, geriatric psych- psychiatry is part of the name of it there. But uh, it said that the, it was one of those crossover randomized trials, and they took 70 uh, recruits. <laughs> this is China, okay? Recruits. <laughs> 70 Chinese older adults with dementia that were recruited, and they... Um, 
had half in what's called the active group and then the other half were in the control group. So the half in the active group um, had a daily lavender inhalation for three weeks and then the control group had sunflower inhalation for uh, during that time and then they switched them over and they noted that it did uh, it, that it did have a calming effect and they stopped seeing as much of the agitated behaviors in these um, elderly with dementia and they I'll, I'll just quote the last sentence here in a patient population particularly vulnerable to side effects of psychotropic medications aromatherapy using lavender may offer an alternative option that's pretty amazing yeah um, and you've used it effectively for anxiety I mean. oh yes it's uh, something that we use in the clinic all mm-hmm. the time and also you know we're not just we've had people that come in and their um, their alcoholism is pretty pronounced so they have to oh, drink yeah. every six hours or and this is right, you know yeah. coming off of alcohol I want to mention that those that are unaware um, can be deadly right, you know, right. It, in some ways it's easier to come off of things like meth and yeah. heroin Right. Than it is once to it's come out of your off of system, alcohol. It's out and it's right, and your body just readjusts. Right, and again, this is just for people that are um, heavy, extreme. yeah, the extreme alcoholism. So they need to go to a detox center. Uh, but we have somebody come in and and they are so agitated and their face is red and they're going to throw up and you know they they need mm-hmm. alcohol. But we just need to just if we can just treat, give them quick treatment real quick and mm-hmm. then they can send, go out and and get their beer. You know, it's just, it's this. You just got to deal with what you got to do. And we open up the lavender, and the person's face would just you know relax, and they were able to sit down. And like, okay, I'm gonna be okay. I'm, I'm, and it's not a solution, right? But it's a temporary fix, just for a little while until we can get the you know their wound treated or what have you. And then we can get them out the door, and they can take care of themselves. And you know, we just we just can't. There's certain things that alcohol makes worse, and so for them to not have the alcohol right in their system, it helps us out in that that mm-hmm. uh, medical manner. So we've been using it for that. And our nurses and doctors that are not really fond of the herbals when they come in, it lavender is one of the things that makes real sellers out of, out right. of our <laughs> volunteer staff. Like, oh, look at that! That wow. makes my life a lot easier. It works, yeah, yeah. And because we're dealing with people that are right on the cutting edge of poverty, um, only about forty percent are unhoused. But the other half, you know, they're 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 very close. So we're seeing people who have constant anxiety attacks. You know, mm-hmm. life is really against them, and and lavender, and I should say, lemon balm is one of the things that we rely on a lot. And in wound care, you know, we're dealing with um, frostbite, we're dealing with some um, hardcore neuropathy, we're dealing with uh, trench foot, we're dealing with diabetic ulcers, and just treating those with our regular foot bath and adding some of the lavender essential, just a few drops to that foot bath has made huge differences for the population that we serve right well i mean for us you know we aren't seeing our our wounds are really tiny comparatively Mm -hmm. but lavender's been one of our favorite essential oils for any open wounds yeah my dog decided to have a run-in with a pair of scissors and a nice big slice across his nose and i used lavender essential oil on him right he didn't like it because he wasn't fond of the smell but he did sit still for it yeah my and cats hate lavender. Yeah, it's harder they to use it on it. cats. Yep. But my kid, I mean, when he was wee, he 
had a run-in with the grandfather clock. Oh. <laughs> that didn't work out so well for him, but uh-huh. the lavender did help keep it from getting infected. And, mm-hmm. and he learned then, he was four or five at the time, and he learned that, oh, lavender's the one that doesn't sting. That's right. the okay That's one. That's the one I like, yeah. And uh-huh. even today, he'll... You know, he gets a he gets a wound. He'll go and he'll get his lavender, put a drop on there, and stick a band aid on it. Right. Sometimes yeah. I don't think he needs either, but you know, he does it anyway. Either way, and, what and I'm I'm okay. it, it just helps him feel calmer. <laughs> yes, it and does. That's part of the healing process. Yeah. Well, you've used it for anxiety. That's even been just your normal garden level. Oh uh, yes. Yeah. Know, Thank you for reminding me. I was. Uh, <laughs> It was two days after Thanksgiving, and we went to Portland, which in our state is the big city. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I'm a, I'm, you know, what, I guess the term would be a cracker. And <laughs> I'm just <laughs> a little what? town girl. I'm a little town a cracker. girl. <laughs> I thought cracker meant white girl, white well, boy. Just a dumb, well, a particular type of cracker. Hayseed. See, in the Midwest, okay, we call hayseed. them small town girl. Small town girl. Yes, that's me. So I'm not used to crowds. The crowds of Eugene, Oregon is way too much for me anyway. I mean, I, I'm sitting there in traffic, and I have to wait through in another line. Mm. That's two lights in a row. My God, you know, <laughs> what is this town come to? And people from LA, like, oh, no, 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 two lights. It was a great day. <laughs> you were able to go five miles in three hours. That's amazing. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I just don't, I don't think that way. And I'm in this bookstore and it's huge Powell's bookstore it's got every book you can imagine it's a makes a university look tiny it's beautiful I normally love it but it's (laughs) packed with people I'm walking around people are shoving against my shoulder and they're Portlanders so they always uh, Mm -hmm. apologize but I feel you know like it feels like my heart is in my throat and my Mm -hmm. stomach hurts and I can my face is just beet red and I'm starting to get the shakes and you know it's a panic attack Yeah. yeah yeah so I, I tried a couple of different escape routes, no-go, and just found an aisle that there wasn't anyone directly in front of me and put that little drop of essential oil, lavender essential oil on my finger and put it on, you know, the base of my throat and on my pulse points and then... <sighs> and that's, yeah. you know, I mean, I'm an herbalist and that is the only herb I carry with me right. is lavender essential right. oil. You know, it's portable and it's it's good for what else you such a multi-purpose herb. It I really is. It. It really is, yeah. yeah. So if I get a little burn or something like that, but mostly it's just me stressing out because I'm <laughs> ridiculous. But yeah, they they it it's really good for um, bug bites and mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff. And and my cats, like I said before, hate 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 lavender. And I know mm-hmm. there's going to be a, yeah. a listener out there that says, "Oh, my cat loves it," because yeah. there's always one freak cat. Yeah, know. there is. You know. But, so if you're that cat, yeah. just know you're special. You're special, yeah. <laughs> but there'll be something else that that cat doesn't like. And that I use for keeping away for things that they they can't keep up. The Christmas tree. Right. Yeah. You know, keep they'll away be, from the Christmas tree. They're drinking out of the Christmas tree water all the That's time. That's so good. And yeah. putting, you know, we put in an aspirin in order to help. I don't know if that really works with the, the, the Christmas tree. Are you trying tree. to thin the blood out of the tree? Well, you're supposed to. It's a, like an old myth. I don't know if no, it's real people, or not. People used to use, well, people can use or do use willow root bark. And right. it's the aspirin component in, in willow root bark. It's one of the components that increases root growth and 
helps. So it keeps it keeps keeps going. Viability. Yeah. 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 So it doesn't dry out as fast. And so we have that in there. Mm -hmm. We don't want the cats drinking that. No, not good for kids. But they just think, oh, pine scented water. How kind. I don't have to do it in the kitchen. Inside for us this year. So sweet. (laughs) So they're drinking out of that and it's making me nervous. And we just put a drop or two of essential oil, lavender essential oil in there and then they leave it alone. And as far as they're concerned, you ruin Christmas. I just, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The war on Christmas. Starts with me. <laughs> it wasn't very Christmas living yet. Yeah, I know. Oh, poor kitties. <laughs> but I also don't want them climbing up that Christmas tree right. and snagging the ornaments bad. all out. That'd know. be bad all around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That would be not so great. Well, aside uh, from all the medical things, I mean, yeah. around the house. They just can be used for so many different things as far as disinfectants. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Cleaners, like the Four Thieves and... vinegar includes lavender. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 that's a really excellent. We do have a recipe for Four Thieves vinegar on the site, and that's one that I know I use all the time. I have wine bottles of it sitting around, and it's 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 just a great regular cleaning, and it smells really good. And once in a while, I'll throw bay leaf in mm. there if I want a more of a spicy scent. Yeah. Uh, but that's a that's my own little that new addition to new four thieves. Yeah. It's in the you use lavender in the three flower cleanser too, don't mm-hmm. you? Yep. Yeah, yeah. That definitely one's for kitchen counters. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that has a, a that works out really well. And I've noticed that it's work on because it's an, lavender's antifungal. Right. So I get that pink shower mold. Mm-hmm. If you if you like normally yeah, we're using the good stuff. soaps, but when right. we use the horrible soap then you start getting that yeah. pink and and the lavender the three flower um recipe that use that again on it and it's great i mean i'm supposed to be getting good soap but once in a while there'll be something on sale and the- yeah well and any kind of perfumes will increase the pink mold if you uh, have any perfumes or fragrances so if you're using shampoos or anything that's got that extra fragrance stuff that increases that uh-huh. typically unless you're unless it was fragranced with natural essential oils that right. were not adulterated but most of them aren't no but you can yeah. put that in your own shampoo you could you know you could yeah and i've i've done that for we got a whole bunch of the dr bronner's Oh, soap yeah. and it was the unscented one and I was yeah. like <sighs> the liquid castile soap yeah. I don't know what that is so and I just yeah. put some essential oil in there I, I think yeah. it probably was lavender and orange that's my standard combination mm-hmm. and shook that up and then it was great and then I felt happy again yeah well lavender and rosemary is another really good essential oil combination particularly if you have a flaky scalp mm-hmm. and dandruff pretty much any sort but particularly if it has anything to do with yeast or yeast imbalances, because mm. like systemic candida can cause dandruff, mm-hmm. and a lot of people who have systemic candida don't realize they do because they don't they don't realize that you know that extra food craving is actually candida working in their system, oh. and, the, and the flakiness of the scalp is another one of those you know and dry patches. Those yeah. are all can be signs of systemic candida. Yeah, and the lavender and rosemary essential oils mixed together will clear that up fairly quickly. Yeah, and adding the <clears throat> lavender and tea tree and geranium to any of your soaps or body products mm-hmm. um, that helps against uh, MRSA. Yeah, any of those staph infections, people that will get boils or things, you know, skin infections, um, little kids that pick their nose because staph lives up your nose. 
they're yeah. more likely to get staph infections. And little yeah. kids have always get their fingers up their nose. You know, lavender is one of those ones that we add like to bath bombs and when you go make the kids homemade Play-Doh so they can play all afternoon, mm-hmm. put a few drops of lavender oil in there for the antiviral, antibacterial, right. antifungalness. But also so they won't eat the Play-Doh because you right. don't want them playing with it and then eating it because they're more likely to give themselves colds. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I, mean? <laughs> I remember when the... Now, this shows how old I am. Uh, when these magic markers that had scents in them yes. came out. And mm-hmm. they came out just when my kids were little. The right age to be so, sucking on them. So my mom gets them and she's all excited and like, oh, that's so great. It's so much better than the noisy toys that she usually chooses. And, and you know, then, if I, you know, I step out for five seconds and come back, and kids are like purple. It's mouth. like they threw up crayons <laughs> or something just all over, and yeah. there's chunks at them, and uh. you know, it's not <laughs> flavored like it. But God forbid that stop them. No, no, well, it never no. stopped me when I was a oh kid. Oh my god, go try it anyway. What the yeah. heck? And of course, I had to go to the store immediately. So there's all these parents that are in that store, and like, I know exactly why those children look that way and they're yeah. laughing <laughs> <laughs> yeah your your relatives gave you i've seen this i've seen this my friend but yeah bath bombs was another one i used to use lavender and orange essential oil mm-hmm. in the bath bomb that we bath bomb mixtures that we made for my son and he got excited about it. He could hardly wait to do the bath bombs. And wow. I did some that were a combo and then some that were orange and some that were lavender. And he got to pick which scent he had, which flavor. Right. For, you know, you don't need it. But, yeah, he he loved it. And, yeah. you know, it was a nice way to give him a little extra antibacterial, antiviral, anti-stuff. Yeah. All We've that got, stuff. We have to come up with, with a name. Yeah, that, encom- that encompasses those it. three or four things. Because every time Candace says it, it's almost like she goes into autoplay. Yeah, because I say antibacterial, and I'm like, oh, but there's virus too. Okay, we got to give it that one. Oh, but there's fungus too. It's so funny because there's got to be a better term than having to rattle off the four or five things. I think antimicrobial. Then we have to get my brain to remember it too. You could say anti-crap. Anti-crap. I've said that, and you guys laughed at me. Well, I didn't say if you say say it, we won't laugh. Maybe if I try anti-crap instead of anti-crud. There. No. No, That's pretty much laugh-free. Yep, go ahead and use that. There you go. Okay, anti-crud. And I thought the bad language was done in the pre-show notes. No. 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 Sue came over with a potty mouth. <laughs> and she just spread it about. She shared it like a virus. Aww. We should have had That's the something lavender going. No charge. Antifungal. I should have put my lavender essential oil right here. Mm-hmm. Oh. It, it would just battle with the coffee I'm drinking there. <laughs> I don't know whether to ramp up or to calm down. But we'd put some, with, with our kids, we'd put them in the bathtub, and it's always at the end of the day. Always yeah. wash the kids at the end of the day. Yeah. And have a little bit of lavender in there, and mm-hmm. always keep the essential out of kid, kid yes. range. Yeah, because those nothing is childproof. No, that's for sure. But no. keep it way up, and then something boring. Don't put it in a fancy basket. No, it was always no. in a very very boring box, and put that in there. Just a couple of drops, and it help them calm down. And always have the mm-hmm. candles going at night. After a certain point, turn off the electric lights and have candlelight. And because mm-hmm. my kid, I had kids, many kids, and they always grossly outnumbered me. Then every little piece, <laughs> like the chamomile homeopathic, yeah. would give that to them. 
that worked really good and and just keep things calm and quiet and and now it's time Mm -hmm. for books and and they would go to sleep it worked really well yeah well truth be told i've been using the lavender lately too because my son's getting over cold Oh, Yet again, yeah. And I'm desperately. You can tell my voice is a little scratchy. Scratchy today. Yeah. I'm desperately trying to hold that thing off and mm-hmm. like inhaling almost freebasing lavender essential oil. Please right. work. Please work. Well, it, it works really good in <laughs> those steam inhalations. We have a recipe again for those on our site, and I it, usually am using yarrow, dried yarrow in a bowl yeah. with the hot water works really well, but. Adding, you know, if you're not really sure, adding a, just a little bit of lavender, dried lavender, not the full yeah. thing of lavender, because then it's overwhelming. Right, yeah, a small amount of lavender or a single drop of the essential oil works as well. Okay. But just one drop. One drop. More than one drop is overwhelming. it, basically, <laughs> yeah. you know. Exactly. Your head is wrapped in a towel, and you're sitting there sucking that up. And yeah. I put in a sprig of rosemary before in that, and that helps. I mean, it's really good for your skin, for one thing, but it also... Uh, people that ha- are prone to acne um, doing those steams because, you know, the lavender is good, as I said before, about mm-hmm. against staph infections, and staph is what causes pimples in your skin. So doing, mm. a, a, you know, a yarrow, which pulls all that junk out of your skin, and then the, the lavender, which is specifically against the staph, is mm-hmm. a, it's an excellent... Yeah, even if you're not fighting off a cold, that's a good mix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely for teenage skin. Or when you start getting to that, uh, I'm doing the sigh and rolling my eyes here, uh, menopause, and you get mm-hmm. all the joy of of yeah. the, of being in high school, except with all the good what looks. What are you saying about my complexion right now? Exactly. I'm talking about me. I'm talking all about me. Yeah, it's I've been, so I've been fun. enjoying that aspect mm-hmm. of life myself yeah and when you get there too with menopause you start feeling more anxious mm-hmm. you know there's you feel kind of run down by life and yeah. a lot of times you're taking yeah. care of kids you still have kids at home yeah and you also are taking care of your elderly parents right or whatever yeah it's like being caregivers sandwiched. yeah it's like yeah. being sandwiched between plus you still got a job you still have these mm-hmm. huge responsibilities the mortgage is hanging over your head um, sometimes empty nesters will replace their kids with pe- with pets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> yeah, but by two, I was not doing as much. I didn't have to walk the kid. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's there's a lot of little things that we do in, in those older years that come back to bite you. Right. And you right. forget about that, and it just makes you feel overwhelmed. And lavender is a good tool. I mean, that's, again, why I carry it in my purse. Yeah, well, it is. It's, it's also, for, I mean, for birds and for dogs, at least, it's a nice aromatherapy just for your general household. Helps mm-hmm. to keep things calm and mellow. So it's safe so, for birds? Yes, but when you use it with birds, you need to use one of the electric diffusers. You can't burn candles in a household with birds. Why? Because birds will, the <clears throat> candle wax that gets into the air, even though it's in such minute amounts, it doesn't bother us. It's not a problem for our cats or dogs, but bird um, respiratory systems are oh. much finer than ours. The Paraffin lungs. or beeswax? Yeah, oh. the, yeah, the, the per- lungs are like fibrous. So yeah. like almost like a filter. Yeah. So when it brings it in, it brings it in, and then that vapor condenses, condenses. of course. And, you know, it's not and like it instantaneous, but it's it, it will prolong exposure will start there. Like tobacco smoke. Yeah, yeah it'll, it'll clog create up. Ex- right. ex- 
eczema? No, eczema. Emphysema. Emphysema. The E word. For birds, and then they'll die, of course, because they'll get lack of oxygen. So it will shorten their lifespan significantly. And, you know, we've got an Amazon parrot. She's most likely, if we do a job right, she should live beyond Patrick and I. Mm -hmm. So we don't want to take the chance. You want it to be a burden on your son. Yes. Right. I get that. It's important that she... Bites him. Right. Yeah, exactly. Who wouldn't want that? So, yeah, we use a diffuser, an electric diffuser, and there's some really nice cheap ones out there. We got got one that relatively inexpensively inexpensively Mm -hmm. from Mm -hmm. Mount Rose Herbs. And, I mean, the thing works great. That's the one that it looks like a pump that you would have with your... A fish tank, and you put some kind of glass thing. Yeah, it's like a little it? glass thing little on glass. it. Yeah, hourglass sort of shaped, or right, like and a pitcher shape. Little and tip on the top, the top of it, and then so, the, it pulses the. It, it pumps air through it, and mm-hmm. it, on a little diaphragm, and that diaphragm atomizes the, yeah. the essential oil, and then it goes out through the tube out through the air. Right. So, how long does that last? Do Hours. Just, really? And yeah. you just put how much essential you put in? You put For, it directly in there? Yeah, you put it huh. directly in. I mean, there's a little. You kind of tip it to the side just a little bit so you don't get it directly on the little pointy thing in the middle. Uh-huh. <laughs> so you let it run down the side, inside of the glass, and I put in like maybe 20 drops of essential oil mix mm. for the day. Mm-hmm. Plug it in, and I just let it go. Mm-hmm. You can let it go as long as you want. You can unplug it or plug plug it in and unplug it depending on how much right. you want. I mean, I'm I'm doing it for my whole house. I've got it in the living room, mm-hmm. and that covers the living room, dining space, and kitchen, which in our house really isn't that many square feet, right. but but yeah. it's a fairly large room. That would so. be really good, and unless you had a kid in your kindergarten or mm-hmm. uh, daycare that was allergic to lavender, because right. lavender yeah. allergies do, do happen. Right. I've met two people that I've in my life so far Mm -hmm. that have had lavender allergies yeah so as long as you didn't have someone with that kind of allergy that would be really good for one of those daycare or Mm -hmm. or classroom situations because it would keep a level of calm as well as serving for that antiviral activity yeah if you were doing it if i was doing it for a daycare kind of thing i'd probably use lavender and rosemary because Mm -hmm. they're a nice combination with calming and then rosemary calms your mind but keeps you alert Mm -hmm. so you know, you have calm but awake kids and some right. of kids falling asleep and napping just before their parents pick them up to go home, have dinner, and go to bed. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that would be really good. It's uh, There's so many different behaviors that children have when they're in a cluster. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's some great things because they kind of help police each other and encourage each other in ways that adults can't do that. Right. Uh, but they also will amp each other off. Yeah, the little <laughs> mom mentality. Yeah, so having the essential oil is a help. I think yeah. I know that my daughter, and she worked at a daycare for um, many years, and she sometimes would be bringing some essential oils with her because it helped out a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Well, yeah, lavender is definitely a very multi-purpose, perfumey sort of oil, and yeah. <clears throat> and it's it's not that expensive. No, it's relatively inexpensive. It is important if you're using lavender, especially around children or the elderly, or for therapy, mm-hmm. to choose lavender, pure lavender oil, as opposed to lavadin oil. Mm-hmm. Because the lavadins and the spike lavender essential oils, those two are nice for scenting things when you're not going to be using a large amount. Mm-hmm. Um, but for therapeutic uses, you want to stick with the regular lavender 
only because there's, I can't remember what the name of the chemical compound is, but in the lavender and, lavender and spike lavender, it's a higher percentage of that chemical compound that's the one toxic one oh. in lavender. Regular lavender buds and flowers, no problem. You know, the essential oil, generally no problem. But mm-hmm. if you're but if using, you're using it lot, medicinally. Yeah, medicinally, you probably want to stick with the um, lavendula angustifolia. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll take this minute to remind people to go to the Practical Herbalist site for recipes and tips and information. And we do have an encyclopedia page about lavender. And I encourage you to take a look at our site because we also have a folio mm-hmm. available as an ebook. And I also want to remind people that uh, ebook app, app is available online for free if you want to do get a Kindle version of. All of our books, they're, they're all ebook, and it's really easy to download, and they're all under five bucks, mm-hmm. so that's very inexpensive. And on the folios, we have recipes, and we have a lot of the information we talked about, as well as a bunch of additional information. So be sure to check out thepracticalherbalist.com and check out our show notes on realherbalismradio.com. And thank you for being with us. Thank you. Now it's time for a Real Herbalism Radio sponsor break. Right, we do have this herbal club. Yep. We're excited about it. People are starting to enroll. They are. And they're entering names exciting. into the contest. They're entering the names contest into the contest. contest is on. Contest yes. is on. It makes me think of that song. The heat is on. Okay, now no you're earworms. really dating yourself. No earworms. Everybody knows I'm old. <laughs> perspective. Okay, so, so all of these th- things are in motion, and yet there's something else to announce here. Uh, there's sun silence. What are we announcing? I don't remember what the point of this, of this oh, announcement was. The point of this announcement is just that we've got the contest going. Oh, the contest is going. The contest is yeah. on, and we want people. Yeah, as of Christmas, stop submitting names. I mean, you can if you want to, but, but we won't listen. That's it. We'll just like blah, blah, blah. So we know in this festive holiday week with winter solstice and Christmas and Christmas Eve, you have nothing else better to do than to come up with a club name and submit and join our club mm-hmm. so that you can get some really cool content like all the podcasts from oh, that we've that we've published since day all 1 all 20 of them no oh, no all 30 all 50 of them all 50 of them right and you used to have to pay for them but we took that off and we put that into the club now yep. so mm-hmm. all the past ones uh, there's also talk of the B show or excuse me the herb lab mm-hmm. being in the club only yeah. yeah. So if you like hearing the Herbal 101 questions and our reflections on the past podcast, that may be in that the club might be. only. We might threaten you with that. That might be in the club mm-hmm. only. Yeah. So if you are looking for to be to if you're looking to belong to a real cool herbal club with forums, the forums, real love. herbs, real herbs, real life, real community. Community, community a community then we got style. This for you. And the club will officially launch January 1, 2017. Yes. That's what we're looking forward to. Happy holidays. Back to our show. Now it's time for Herbalism and Homesteading News. Today I want to talk with you guys about an article that I found in The Independent, which is a um, 
newspaper run out of the UK. It's both available both in print and online. The article I found was online. Mm-hmm. The title of the article is Lavender Farmers of Provence Turn Purple with Rage at EU Health Rules Warning. And it was the articles by Sylvie Corbett. And essentially boiled down, it sounds like the EU is going to be requiring some pretty stringent testing guidelines and labeling guidelines for people who grow lavender. Right. Yeah, they're not treating... I mean, lavender is a potential allergen, not a strong one. It's by no means uh, common to have someone who is allergic to lavender, but there are some people that are, and certainly drinking lavender essential oil would be hazardous. For anybody. For anybody, but we should be treating it like any other food product where... You know, like with the peanuts, uh, you 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 have something on there saying may contain peanuts, and with the farmers is saying just put something on there may contain lavender oil, for people that are aware that they have a lavender allergy instead right. of assuming it because the the EU is treating it like it's some kind of dangerous chemical and it's a natural product. Right, and it it looks from the article it's hard to tell, but it looks to me like they're talking about not just the essential oils, but all lavender products mm-hmm. would need to be labeled as if the lavender was a chemical, right, rather than as a you know agricultural, you know like rosemary or sage or anything yeah. else. And the EU's concerns apparently are that there is some kind of Chemicals, the lavender is being linked to chemical toxins, mm-hmm. which an awful lot of essential oils have constituents that would be considered toxic. Yeah. Don't they? I mean, isn't that pretty common in the plant world that most plants have something that in enough quantity would be considered toxic? Sure. Yeah. Everything. You know? Everything has its, you know, if you have too much of something, it's going to be a danger for sure. But mm-hmm. lavender essential oil, you're using a, a very small amount. I mean, that's the whole point. Right. So I can certainly understand the farmer's perspective that what the EU is asking is a little bit ridiculous and may set a precedent for farmers in general. Mm-hmm. And it's implementing crops. this huge fine because having your stuff temp- tested chemically is extremely expensive, hundreds right. of dollars per item. Right. So and then that's just to get one chemical analysis. If you want to have more than one chemical pulled out, then it's hundreds of dollars for the other chemical analysis. Right, and given the nature of it, you would have to have testing done at least once a year. At, at, least, at least, and then how many volatile oils are they looking for? Right. Because, you know, as we've mentioned before, there's a lot of volatile oils mm-hmm. in lavender. So are they just doing species identification? Are they there's there's a lot of things they could be tested for or asking them to test for and that's that that's a huge yeah, impact think, on tiny little farmers. Right. And these guys have been growing it traditionally for centuries. Right. Right. You know, and since the Middle Ages. Yeah, exactly. I mean the labeling they're asking for would be, you know, just saying, quote, can be fatal if swallowed or inhaled, end quote. Mm-hmm. I guess that makes sense, except that, of course, you're going to smell lavender if you use it in perfume or in as an essential oil. I mean, that's right. kind of aromatherapy is the point. You, you smell it. So yeah. that's inhaling it, and that's not likely to be fatal if you inhale the scent of lavender. Yeah. They have so a it doesn't quote make here sense. from the agency that says, um, the basis for the regulations, and here's the quote, is to ensure a high level of protection of human health and the environment, as well as free movement of substances, mixtures, and articles, regardless of whether they come from natural sources 
or are synthetic or from big or smaller companies, which is pretty vague in what they're trying to, you know, right. I mean, they, this whole, the, the, the agency is supposed to be um, working on pollution and regulating pollution. So what are they looking at lavender for? That doesn't make sense. And Patrick, you were saying, you know, what, what does this really imply? You know, what are they, what are they getting at? Well, what is the, what's the impetus for the regulation? Yeah. Why single out one plant, one thing, mm-hmm. you know, and not somewhere else? I know this is basically it's going to affect French farmers, right, in their area. But is there is there a pollution coming off of these farms that this company or this agency is trying to trying to go after that way versus saying, well, you're polluting? Mm-hmm. Um, is it you know what you know what is it? And, and this could be an economic you know a hit for this area of France if. If this did does happen, just like anything else, we've seen it here in America that, you know, regulation will come in like this. The big companies can survive. Mm-hmm. The little ones have to sell out right, because right. they can't do it. And right. there, there, according to the article I'm looking at, it says there are uh, over 1,500 growers of uh, lavender that are bounded together to fight this. And they began their campaign in July of 2014. And the... Um, the, the EU is not bending on it at all. Right. I think for myself or for us as practical herbalists in America, in North America, my concern is that this is going to end up driving up the cost of lavender essential oil, which mm-hmm. has been a very low cost and extremely effective essential oil for medicinal purposes and for, you know, for keeping our houses and stuff mm-hmm. clean and it, safe. It's, it's possible, but I know that, you know, just in Washington, is it's like the lavender capital of the United States. So I'm not sure if, you know, the effect of lavender in Europe will affect us here because, you know, Washington does grow a ton of it. It does mm-hmm. grow a lot, but I believe France is still the worldwide number one, number one, and, one producer. Uh, bel- uh, bel- Bulgaria? Bulgaria, yeah. Well, if you're talking about competing in, in pricing, I mean, you know, Bulgaria is going to be less expensive than France, which, you know, might be less expensive or more expensive than Washington. Right, but isn't but Bulgaria part of the EU? It is. They, so is, They would be so affected the, by this. I right, think. so is the question, would, would since the article doesn't specifically say all lavender producers mm-hmm. and that this was going to affect... Um, well, France is producing now. I don't know if Bulgaria is part of the EU. Someone will have to figure that mm-hmm. one out, but I'm not sure if it is. I have a little thing here that says um, lavender is not the only material to fall under the umbrella of REACH, the REACH directive, which is the Red- Registration, Evaluation, Authorization, and Restriction of Chemicals. REACH applies to all chemicals imported and produced in the EU. Right. But for some reason, it's it, they're really targeting lavender essential oil, and they're they're hinting here that it might be the hydrochloric acid, which is uh, their, their, uh, there's a lot of other plants that have that in there. And all things that are in that group, maybe, right. I don't know. Yeah, they do talk about in this, in the independent article, independent article, uh-huh. that there's a specific chemical toxins, and I'm, I'm assuming that must be what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm concerned about it because when you look at like Mountain Rose Herbs and many of the other um, essential oil providers that I've found online, Mm -hmm. they usually tell you what the source is for the various herbs and the essential oils. Many of them do. And most of the time, it's not an American source. Right. So, and most of the time, it's coming from somewhere in Europe. 
an awful lot for lavender. I mean, yeah. obviously others from other places, but... So they have, uh, they're saying here that there's uh, 140 different components of the essential oils, and testing those, th- that's outrageous. That's right. just... <laughs> yeah, I think, I think it is outrageous. One of the... One of the points that the group, the farmers are making in this article mm-hmm. and in their case is that lavender is an agricultural product. It's going to vary from year to year, just like wine and cheese and bread vary from year to year. Mm-hmm. And certainly cheese, like blue cheese, contains constituents that are definitely toxic. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, mold. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, where where yeah. down the rabbit hole does this stop? Because you could start saying, you know, wine producers. Right. And other right. things. I mean, there's sulfides in wines. There's other things that are, like, bad for you. Are you going to label those as a chemical? Right, right, right. And those are already covered as agricultural products according to this organization, the EU's organization. So mm-hmm. so why are they why going lavender? after lavender? Right. Yeah. Is that just their gateway drug, as it were? <laughs> their gateway herb, yeah. Yeah. So when you have <laughs> lavender essential oil, instead of saying contains lavender essential oil, is it going to say contains and then have all 140 different constituents listed in the herb? And is that going to be the same for buying flour now? Are we going to start as a consumer look at these lists of what's in our food and just say, I don't even know. I don't even know. I'm not going to read that anymore. It's meaningless to me. Is that where we're going to? Right. That would be bad. You know, That would be a disservice to the consumers. Are they going to start (laughs) saying also, oh, and we're going to apply this to GMOs? Oh, that would be nice. (laughs) You know, because we are asking for people to um, at least Oregon uh, at the time, right now of this recording, we're still on the fence. Is are we going to have GMOs labeled? And I know some EU companies or countries have GMOs labeled. Mm-hmm. What do they use in order to turn that plant into a GMO? Right. And are they going to have those listed? Because if you're going to start right. somewhere, that's where I would start. Right. Right. No, but where's the fine line between that? Right. You know, are you going to have, oh, and this is the amount of pesticide that's now in our wheat. So are you going to have that listed on there? Right. Uh, And how, what happens when you have all of this information? What happens to the the consumer? Do they just turn off? Like, oh, that's way too much. I don't even know what that means. And then they stop getting information that's vital. Right. You know, what we just want is, you might be allergic to this. Or just do your homework and figure out. I'm Mm -hmm. allergic to coconut. No, so I look for coconut on there. Right. I'm not looking for the specific thing in coconut that I'm allergic to. Right. You just know it's coconut. It's coconut. It's got it's coconut. Good is that's enough. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't. That one. It's it. It's strange. It's a strange setup. It's a strange setup. And, setup, and yeah. people have every right to be protesting it. Frankly, well, I think right. the weakness in the argument, or the weakness in the commission's argument, is exactly what you said, Candace. Isn't the, even they admit it. Uh, soils, sun, everything else can go into changing the constituents mm-hmm. of what's mm-hmm. in there. So how do you go from year to year? So are you requiring the farmers to test it every single year? Right. Are you, right. you know, And so just by putting the concession, which the farmers agree to do, mm-hmm. on products saying, yeah, it contains lavender oil. Right. Yeah. And that should be good enough instead of should be, yeah. doing all of these mm-hmm. tests because one of the things that makes – uh, these plants use the botanicals powerful medicines is the fact that they do change from year to year right. because the bacteria and the viruses those can have some change as well so some years you're going to have really high antibacterial properties because that's the year the bacteria is really strong that the environment changed and it affected right. both the bacteria and the plant right and to try to standardize that yeah. that's just not that's good medicine yeah the other thing that i find a little bit 
crazy about it is that lavender is one of the essential oils, one of the very few ones that are safe to use just straight up on your skin right? as it is. And unless you happen to be one of the small number of people who have an allergy to the lavender, you're mm-hmm. going to be just fine. Whereas mm-hmm. other essential oils will build up. You can use too much of them, like tea tree, for instance. Mm-hmm. And tea tree, if you end up building an intolerance to it, can be fatal. Right. Whereas there isn't a fatal intolerance to lavender that I'm aware of. I mean, even the people who are allergic to it, they have some pretty unpleasant side effects. But mm-hmm. Cinnamon essential oil, for so. God's sake, that stuff burns. I know. So, yeah, yeah well, why? It, the, it, there's too many unanswered questions. Right. And the fact that the EU is not not making any changes or saying, well, I hear what you're saying and thank you for the information. They're just going in arrogantly. We know it all and you're all wrong and and just deal with the fact that you guys will be going out of business at the end. Right. The one thing I wish this article did have that it doesn't is it doesn't have any cross links or further information. So it's hard to do further research Mm -hmm. um, on this particular topic. Yeah. So. And we, I've looked into a couple of the other articles about it, and it's still there's just not enough information. So I don't know if that's because we're reading everything in English, and the information is a little limited, or we're just we just haven't pulled up the right article yet. Right. But it is something to watch, and that's a that's yeah. a topic of concern for herbalists everywhere. Yeah, it's something that we'll probably want to be watching over the next couple of years. The law is supposed to be going into effect full on by 2018. So over the next four, three, four years, we'll be watching to see what the prices have, what prices change, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, and if it affects the quality of the stuff that we're getting. Yeah. yeah. All right. Herbalism 101. This is part of the show where Sue and Candace answer a listener question or teach you about an herbal definition or term covering basic to advanced herbal knowledge. If you would like the dirt on herbs, herbalism, or anything else related, you can send your question using our simple contact form at realherbalismradio.com slash herbalism101. If we choose your question for the show, we will send you a free PDF ebook, Natural Nutrition by the Practical Herbalist. Currently available for $4.99 at the Practical Herbalist store. Here's Candace and Sue to discuss this show's Herbalism 101 topic. Today we discuss what is meant by a, whether or not an herb is carminative. Go ahead. Sue, carminative is one of those words that's come up in our lavender studies. Mm-hmm. It's considered a carminative. Would you like to explain exactly what carminative means? Yes, I would love to. Mm-hmm. Uh, carminative it means soothing to the smooth muscles. And smooth muscles are your involuntary muscles in your body. They're your di- in your digestion and your esophagus. Um, actually, in uh, you've got it in your um, the veins and things that you do not yourself control. So, uh, like your you, stomach, and your like your stomach, yeah, and your gut wall and things like that. So, uh, carminative is generally really rich in volatile oils, and we talked about it earlier in the podcast of lavender being a carminative it's very soothing we know to our um, spirit but it also calms the digestive system down and people use carminatives generally for i i use it most often for uh, uh colicky babies mm-hmm. really really great for treating colic and an essential oil is nice because a lot of people don't react poorly to it and you can right. use a very tiny amount so as that's a, why used we used as a um, inha- inhaling, as yeah. a aromatherapy rather yeah. than t- ingesting. 
Exactly. And kids that kind of react to a bunch of different foods and the colicky children will be, when they grow up, they're still kind of reacting to a whole bunch of different foods. Right. So um, kids that get a little farty mm-hmm. <laughs> or for the elderly that also start having trouble with their smooth muscles, right. that then they have digestive problems and carminatives are very helpful for that. And the volatile oils integrate with the smooth muscles and help them move more effectively. So the uh, a couple examples for if you're working with colic, then we're talking about hops. I love hops myself. Right. That's one of the first things. It's got a real, I think a lot of midwives have told their kids uh, or kids, the young women that they're dealing with to drink a beer. You know, mm-hmm. when you're nursing, drink a beer. Not yeah. a whole bunch of them, just one because that hops. Half, real, yeah. yeah, a hoppy, a hoppy beer helps. Right with a colicky baby and it helps calm the mother and and Mm -hmm. sometimes the young mothers they jump up after they've been nursing long enough quote unquote (laughs) because they're bored with it right and you know you're young and you have a lot of energy and you can think of all the things you got to do so well i just have to finish this beer so that sits you down for a good amount of time and i use that a lot too um, there's a bunch of other ones. Uh, one of your favorites, peppermint. Yep, peppermint is a carminative. Oh, that's mm-hmm. my favorite. That's Patrick's. Yep. Oh, yeah. Very tasty. Yeah, yeah uh, cardamom is one of my favorites. And that one we did when our son was a wee little thing, he was colicky. Mm-hmm. It wasn't colic. I don't think it got diagnosed as that. But he mm-hmm. he had problems with the gas. And right. Cardamom was in the mix that we used. Yeah. And sometimes really these nice. kids just haven't developed the enzymes to tolerate milk products or anything in in the broccoli family for example that just cabbage would set them off or little things that you wouldn't think about and that would stimulate the colic and sometimes it seems like it'll take a good four months for the kid to get out of that sometimes unfortunately longer for my middle son who was colicky i used a lot of carminatives on him because he would just scream just all you'd see is this giant mouth and there was nothing I could do, and I would, you know, work with him to move his legs, and and right. I was really careful with my nursing, and it didn't matter. Yeah, it really didn't matter. So I used a lot of the carminatives just to kind of calm things down a bit, and it helped me right. calm down too. Lavender being one of them, but mm-hmm. um, lemon balm, I used a lot of that, and I know that ginger became one of my all-time favorites. Ginger and cinnamon. Uh, yeah. Because it was very easy for me to tolerate, and it seemed to work quite well for right. the kids. And, you know, the other thing, we have carminatives that are part of our regular restaurant routine. Parsley right. is served with food yep. in restaurants because it's also a carminative. It right. helps Parsley you digest is. very well. Yeah, and when you look at, like, Italian cuisine, they use fennel, parsley, and basil, which are all carminatives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in Indian cooking, there's cayenne, ginger, cinnamon, mm-hmm. coriander, and cumin are right. also carminatives. Yep. All of those spices and herbs are for helping increase or improve digestion. Right. Mexican cooking makes ample use of cayenne pepper mm-hmm. in part Which for the okay. carminative. Yeah properties and if you go to an indian restaurant sometimes they'll have a little bowl of seeds and those are fennel Mm -hmm. which is a good thing to chew on not only to freshen your breath but also to um, help you with digestion and that's the nice thing again it has a lot of volatile oil so it helps you with your breath as well as your digestion right trying to think of some other good ones um i know that chamomile is on there nutmeg oh yes yeah and nutmeg 
um, in the medieval times when they were first, or not medieval, but later medieval times when um, people were traveling about and they found um, these beautiful islands that the mm-hmm. people were using the nutmeg from the trees. And so p- women would carry, um, one, menopausal women would carry these tiny little graters mm-hmm. with a little pouch for the nutmeg and they oh, would yeah. grate a little tiny bit of it and, and have that all the time to help them stay calm and to deal with digestion because the mm-hmm. traditional European food is pretty fatty. Right, yeah. Nutmeg is often an ingredient, in, mm-hmm. especially in Eastern European cooking, from what I've read anyway. Right, I mean, yeah. yeah. It, it helps, you know, as you get older, it's harder to digest some of that stuff. Your, your right. digestion gets a little more sluggish, and the carminatives really help with that. Sure. It's an important term. All right, yep. So carminative, very excellent for eliminating gassy sort of conditions mm-hmm. and for improving Bloating. digestion. Uh-huh. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm.